2: and fifty dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms twenty one plus only, Virginia only, new customer offer, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred gambler. Promotional offer not available in Washington, DC.
0: Welcome to the Vault Podcast. Classic Music Reviews, presented by IV Creative. Now, here's your hosts, B. Cox and the crew. Greetings and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Vault Podcast, Classic Music Reviews, presented by IV Creative. It's a perspective of the classics from a fresh point of view. We appreciate you for taking your time and lending your ears to our perspective. You could be anywhere listening to anything, but you're right here with us, so we thank you. With you today is yours truly, B. Cox. And with me, reunited once again with the crew. Of course, first off, we have my man. He is the creator and host of the Raw Sex Podcast. None other than Cousin Damo, a.k.a. Dominique Marks. Make sure y'all checking out the Raw Sex Podcast each and every Friday. My man is starting to get back out there. He's done a couple of lives, was on with the Ladies Pitch Podcast and Bad Decisions. Was also on Bet the House. (laughs) Y'all make sure y'all check that out. And, of course... We've had plenty of good episodes, and, of course, we just crossed the 100-episode plateau. We're on and rolling to this year, so make sure y'all follow Raw Sex Podcast on Instagram, Raw Sex Podcast One on Twitter. He's always a great follow, so make sure y'all check out the show and follow him on social media. And as well, we have my boy here, J.O., in the place to be. Gents, thanks for joining me once again. I want to give a shout out to all the listeners out there. We have grown a significant amount in this new year, so the word is definitely starting to get out there. I want to thank all the fans always for continuing to support the show and also getting the word out there. Seen significant moves on our Audio mac account with listeners from Ghana, from South Africa, from Nigeria, as well as the United States. So please continue to keep showing us love. Also, shout out to the Caribbean listeners out there in Jamaica. I see y'all out there listening on Audio Mac. Continue to show us love and spread the word. Thank you very much. And as you hear in the beginning, you can always support the show two ways. One, joining our private Facebook community, The Vault Podcast Record Club. Every single week, we got things going on in there, discussions. Come there to be a part of it. You can join, answer a few questions, and you're in. And then always, the Buy Me A Coffee, which you can get on our website and also in the show notes as well. It's buymeacoffee.com backslash Vault Classic Pod. There you can support the show with a small donation. If you like what we do and want to continue see us doing what we're doing, then go there, drop a donation, show us some love so that we continue to open the vault. As we always say here on The Vault, our motto is hashtag open the vault, hashtag nothing but the classics of MBTC. And guys, we're going to go back. Of course, we're doing the years of 92, 97, and 02 this year on The Vault. So we're going to go back to 1997. And the album that we're going to cover today is an album that, when we talk about these, you know, the albums that shift the ground, that shift the landscape, this is definitely an album that qualifies underneath that description. And it was an album that when it came out, I want to say that, it really shifted the R and B landscape and helped to push further that concept of Neo Soul, which Keter Massenberg talked about in nineteen the midnight the early mid early nineties to mid nineties, that really pushed that genre to the forefront and she was the one that was responsible for that. So of course we're gonna go back twenty five years ago to nineteen ninety seven. And we're gonna go to the debut studio album of Erica Badu, Baduism, released on February eleventh, nineteen ninety seven by Kedar Records. And Universal as well. Particulars about Baduism was recorded between January and October 1996. It was recorded at a number of different studios, among them Sigma Sounds and Ivory Studios in Philly, Battery Studios in New York City, and Dallas Sound Lab in Dallas, Texas. Runtime of 58 minutes and 15 seconds. Producers on here, you have Maduku Chinwa, Bob Power, The Roots, Richard Nichols, James Poyser, Tone The Backbone, Robert Bradford, Ike Lee III, Jaborn Jamal, Erica Badu herself as well. So, quite a number of different producers working on this album. Of course, a large portion of the album was live instrumentation, known for its unique sound. The singles from Baduism, On and On, which was released at the end of 1996, the beginning of 1997, which really got everyone into the album. Also, Next Lifetime, which was released later on in the spring of 1997, which even catapulted the album into a bigger spotlight other side of the game which was released in september of 97 and apple tree which was released in 1998 now guys bad do-ism. um we did an erica album already on this podcast about mm, we a year and a half ago we celebrated the 20th anniversary of mama's gun which came out in november of 2000 well this was the first album that erica came out with so this was definitely something that i would say changed things quite a bit and i say that because of I would say music is very influential in influencing the trends as far as when it comes to whether it's, you know, fashion or hair or even temperaments and um, amongst men or women, it influences in so many different ways that we don't think it, you know, that we wouldn't think it would initially. But after this album came out, you saw the shift towards a a lot of different things and not just in fashion and culture and hair in um, and, and temperaments and the way that we thought and thought about what music could be in regards to being very revealing emotional and also therapeutic in a sense so I'll go ahead and start to get into it, guys we're going to see how we first thought about it
1: first thoughts and reflections
0: so back to Baduism in 97 I'm going to go ahead and I'll start with you Damo <laughs> I figured I'd start with you because, you know, you are an R&B guy here at The Vault. So, Baduism 1997, when you listened to it and first heard Badu and then got into this album, what did you think about it back then and what have you thought about it since then, the legacy that has carried forward in these 25 years?
3: 97, that's what, freshman year, Bowie High School, still, yeah, still a, an a R and b head then so you know of course they had you know she had all the good singles that was on the radio so that you know that made the album ready to go pop so you know I definitely grabbed this when it first came out I think my mother had this young cranking on the regular yeah. (laughs) and the the crazy thing is I love R&B and my mother is the one who loves rap (laughs) (laughs) Right. So quick backstory: I, I On one of the Christmases I was gone from the Navy, I sent her rap albums for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> That's wild. OK. wow. Right? That's wild. That <laughs> now, she wild. was one of them old school Jones where, you know, she had put the Anita Baker on and, you know, that type, you know, that clean the house shit. But newer R&B, she, you know, that that was my shit. So. Mm-hmm when I cranked the album, that joint was just a flow-through. But, you know, back then, you know, you really didn't understand a lot of the message that she was saying right there. You know, mm-hmm. besides the singles, you're like, oh, that's dope right there. Yeah. And then, you know, of course, we had the box, so the video was always on, and the, when the videos come on, you're looking at the the back, like, oh, shit, she different. <laughs> yeah. like, what the hell is this joint? Like, oh, but the texture of her voice and everything, you're like, oh, yeah, she different, different. Mm-hmm. And then... <laughs> You start following everything else And you're like oh let me get this album Get the album Back then I, I can say I didn't appreciate the album mm-hmm. Right mm-hmm. Now being I'll probably say I appreciated it more In my 20s And definitely appreciate it all the way now As a grown man listening to it like Oh shit this song is a fucking vibe mm-hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah And yeah First thoughts Hey it was what it was back then it was a good album Mm -hmm. so you know you listen to it but it's definitely been in a rotation ever since becoming an adult for real
0: yeah indeed she different that's 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 a, a accurate description of what i think will be a theme throughout this review as we do it so indeed so jay you man your first thoughts when you first heard the album going back to back then and what you've thought about it since then these 25 years
1: yeah, so going back to then it was like early ninety seven, so the second half of tenth grade for me. You know, and like everybody else, you know what I'm saying? Like the I, I heard and saw the video for like on and on. And I was thinking like like now I'm thinking, wow, she's this is like different, like you know what I'm saying, saying, because, like I guess I I guess I don't I don't even know the term Neo Soul was around then, but it, it kinda made me put like made me think about like this like right off the heels like D'Angelo, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And like the beat was knocking for on and on and then like, you know, other singles came out and you know what I'm saying? So, okay, yeah, she definitely. You know what I'm saying? Like you said, she's definitely different. And then like, it's kind of funny. Even back then, I was kind of like a nerd as far as like, you know, what I'm saying, want to know like, what label she was signed with and all like that. And um, it was with Kedar. Or Kedar, I'm probably mispronouncing that, but like, mm-hmm. and it kind of blew me away from that because like, first thing Kedar and I might be extra nerd on this one. I'm thinking like, wow, this. I'm, I'm thinking all they had back then was A plus. You know what I'm saying?
0: Right. Yeah. A plus is a debut album. Good catch. Good catch. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, so like, wait like,
1: this, this is like a this is like. Uh, Different direction, to A, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. But yeah, like going on and listening to the album, because actually, like, you know, my, um, my mother, you know what I'm saying? She, she copped the joint. I didn't even have it, but like, you know what I'm saying? I sure enough was like, you know what I'm saying? Taking a drink, and listening to it in my CD player, like, whenever I, had, whenever I had the chance. And it was just, it just flowed. And like, you know, going into now, I was thinking, like, yeah, this drink's like a whole vibe. Mm-hmm. And actually, um back then, you know, like, you know, back then, like, the source is pretty much like the vibe for hip hop or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if like y'all really, well, I'm pretty sure y'all are both fans like boot camp clicking on like that, and you read the interviews. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like yeah. there was one interview they was up to talking about. They had an event at their house, whatever, and they just had Erica Badu playing in the background. Like, yeah, it's like okay, these <laughs> hardcore Brownsville yeah. dudes. You know what I'm saying? If they vibe with right. to too, it's like right, right, I'm exactly. Good Shit,
0: yeah, exactly, <laughs> right. And that's the unique thing, sort of about her, right? And I'll get into that on my first thoughts and reflections. But you mentioned that it was sort of like you know on the same wavelength of D'Angelo. This mm-hmm. album. Maxwell's Urban Hanks Week in 1996 and D'Angelo's Brown Sugar, which came out in 1997. So you had three straight years where you had big albums for the subgenre of Neo Soul. Brown Sugar in 95, Urban Hanks Week in 96, Baduism in 1997. That really helped to make Neo Soul not just a genre that was... uh, critically acclaimed and critically lauded it became commercially viable as well like those three albums really paved the way for getting the direction of what you saw miss education of lauren hill go in the non-hip-hop elements of it you know that being a little bit more neo-soul and r&b based paved the way for Jill Scott to be able to come out with her classic first album. Music Soul Child. Rashawn Patterson, Bilal. Keep mm-hmm. keep naming the albums, but these were the albums that sort of made it okay. Like we talked about in Jill's review with, uh, about two years ago, fellas, is that neo Soul was a genre during its height that it wasn't just critically acclaimed. It became commercially viable to be able to have them on tour because they were selling albums and their tours were selling out and selling out venues. So... Really, this is a big part of that. And I think this was sort of at the beginning of this neo-soul movement in the mid to mm-hmm. late 90s became the peak where people were like, oh, shit, it's here now. You know, so my you goodness,
3: Neo-soul neo soul don't get the love that it's supposed to get because, you know, kind of these folks now be trying to hit that neo-soul thing. Yeah. But it's not as deep. Like they be trying to they be having like the sound. Yeah. But the heart and the love. Is not in it the way it was, and the you know the messaging is not in it, it how it was back then. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. But the definitely the sound they be trying to emulate the sound, but they can't give us the message. They
0: can't. It's it's um someone tried to tell me the other day on that they were like you know well if you're talking about neo soul and you got to include a dude like Frank Ocean and I was just like well <laughs> what I'm like. <sighs>
3: I do know, like <laughs> Jack like, Reacher.
0: I mean, it's right. <laughs> I'm just like, and I, I, I can kind of see it listening to some of Frank Ocean's music, but I'm just like, nah, man. I can't mm-hmm. put, I can't put Frank Ocean in the same category as like her or. If we talk about new people, people like her or even Daniel Caesar or even shoot people like I can't put them in the same category mm-hmm. as Maxwell, D'Angelo, Erica no. Badu, Jill, like mm-hmm. no, India, I no. I mean, like, nah, no, you can't, no, you like, can't. Her,
3: like her play the music or whatever that. It, and she give you like the neo soul feeling. Yeah. But the message, like she may give you one song that's a message that's deep or whatever, mm-hmm. because it's something that happened. But when yeah. you listen to these albums, it's messages in the through every song. Yeah. That we didn't even pick up as a child. Like, yeah. oh, shit, that's what the hell she said? Exactly. Like, oh, shit.
0: Right, exactly. And so with Erica, my first thoughts were really listening to her and watching the video. Because I think the song was one thing. Because the song on and on with that single dropped was a banger. Like you said, Jay, mm-hmm. that song, that beat, I mean, for that song, is really what caught you. But then uh, what you mentioned, Damo, the texture of her voice, the unique of her voice. It was like, then you couple that with the image of the head wraps and the, you know, less than glamorous clothes, but the creativity of her videos. It's like,
2: mm-hmm. it
0: gave you something to really hold on to. What it did is that it gave you something that was just like, damn, this is new. It was like when you go to the restaurant and something's new on the menu, you try it, and it's just like, you know what? I'm used to getting this from the menu or this from the menu. This is the first time I had this, but you know what? I've never had this before, but this is damn good. This is damn good and I wanna I want more of this when I come in. And that's really what she gave us. So on and on is what kinda hooked everybody. But I think if any more than anything else, what kind of looped all of us in were the other tracks on the album that when the album came out, we dug into the album that grabbed us too. It was hearing a song like Apple Tree and hearing the sort of vulnerability in the message in a song like Other Side of the Game. It was like understanding and knowing that everybody had that feeling of a song like Next Lifetime. What Erica gave us was something that that uniqueness where people young and old could both appreciate it. You mentioned Jay, Boot can't click playing their stuff in the background with them being together. Your mother, Damo, wanting to play the album. Your mother, Jay, wanting to play the album. My mother liking the album and my father liking her music. So it was something that our parents could like and appreciate because there was the uniqueness in her voice, like her sort of having that singing style, that bluesy singing style, sort of just like that comparisons that we give her. Everybody compares her to Billie Holiday with her voice. You know, it was it was bluesy. It was jazzy. But then the music was hip hop. So people from our generation could vibe with it as well. And that was the unique selling proposition of Erica Badu is that her music is something that people older than us can appreciate because it reminded them of music from their days. And it was just hip hop enough to be able to keep us interested because that's what we were listening to at the time. So she was kind of hip hop without looking hip hop. And I was reading an article and it mentioned that, you know, the thing that was different with Erica Badu was that she looked different than different R&B women, you know, R&B women in the mid nineties, late nineties, all kind of had, they, they didn't all look the same, but they had a similar look though. They mm-hmm. kind of dressed the same hairstyles mm-hmm. were the same, you know, makeup and everything else were the same, but here she came out with this head wrap on and these dresses that were like, you know, literally like, you know, the everyday shit that your, your girl or your mother or your sister might wear around the house. And, that whole Afrocentric vibe, it's like everything kind of clipped with her. It was like you couldn't think of a better moment where all the factors could come together and hit right at the same time. Like you could hit, mm-hmm. you could play the lottery a million times and never win. You could try something like that and only hope to hit it, but it hit. It really did hit. So that album sort of, yeah, oh, well, right. I mean, that, that goes without saying and And that, that is just part of the allure. Of Erika Badu, as we came to find out. I mean, <laughs>
3: oh,
0: <man>. <laughs> <laughs> and for those of y'all who are listening, y'all know what we're talking about. I mean, uh, shoot,
3: don't yeah. let me be the one to say it. They you already know? know. You already know. We're, we're going to say she done bottled it up and sold it in twenty twenty one. Exactly. <laughs>
0: and if you got it and if it works then damn it why not profit uh, off of it shit shit so so that was the thing mm. about her man she made an album that really when we talk about classics we talk about things standing the test of time it mm-hmm. was something that it was like okay something like this can't get old why because it's something that's been done has been successful and it's something that's successful now that will last forever we appreciated the music but then we also appreciated the messages we got older Like, I listen to this album frequently, and I think every time that I listen to it, I pull a new message or new lesson from it. And Mm -hmm. that's what music really is supposed to do. It's supposed to grow along with you. And when you get classics, that's what happens. Classics grow along with you, and you understand them even more the older that you get. So those are my first thoughts, man. And, um, you know, I really want to get into this track list, so let's go ahead and get to it. Highlights and lowlights all right so i'll go ahead and start with you jay man what were your highlights and any lowlights if you had them from baduism uh yeah so
1: i mean of course on and on other side of the game apple tree next lifetime certainly just just for the simple fact i love how they flipped that summer madness sample mm-hmm. and she made it like you know what I'm what saying like hers you know what i'm saying I always like my artists could do that yeah for the clover and <laughs> definitely <laughs> that afro skit like mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying because like Back in the day when I was rock and fro, you know what I'm saying that was very it was a, it was a very relatable song. Make sure you had your shit picked out. Mm-hmm. You know what oh you yeah, know what I'm saying it would look flat on one side. So
3: yeah, <laughs> flat on one <laughs> side. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Rimshot as far as like another highlight. Low lights. What not really say? It was a low light, but I was indifferent about. I guess the song drama. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. I okay. mean. I mean I, I mean, that, that like that it was wacko You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I just, I just didn't. Really, it was, it was like, I didn't really care either way. Wow.
0: Mm. Okay. Interesting take. Very interesting take. damo what about
3: you? Highlights and lowlights. The way they put the album together, highlight the whole album for real is just until you get to down to drama. Is where well, I'm like, ah, right, you could have just took out number certainly and flipped you could have took that out we didn't need to hear that <laughs> like we didn't need that like it was already a hit but mm-hmm. we didn't need to hear it again and you to flip it it ain't really do. maybe it'll work on a live show because mm-hmm. you remember M- MTV used to do the unplugged or whatever mm-hmm did she ever do an MCV unplug she didn't do an
0: unplug but remember she had that remember she had that live album where everybody heard Tyrone for the first time because she did the song mm-hmm. for the because remember the recording she was like you know sisters how y'all feeling brothers y'all all right whatever you know what I'm saying she was like I'm I want to share something with y'all I'm sensitive about my shit so mm-hmm. when she did this it was like she was I guess recording it And performing it in front of that audience and probably one of the first times she's performed it in front of an audience. So that live, she came out with that live album where she did a lot of these tracks. So she didn't do an unplug, but she did do a live album that came out, I think, not too long after this album came out. And it was a hit. It sold almost as much as this one did. Because the crowd reactions of people to her songs and a live performances were something that was another element to her that was so unique as well.
3: So yeah, so yeah, the whole album to me is until you get down to there, like you could have just took that out. I don't know, you know, maybe nowadays they probably would have took that joint out because they be giving you seven seven song albums. So <laughs> <laughs> maybe they felt like we need to throw this in here for, to make some more time or something. Mm-hmm. So let's throw this in here flip, but they could have kept that joint out. So yeah, I think from it really it's really no skips for real until you get to there. Like I, I don't need to hear this again, in the flip. Mm-hmm. Like I left the original I don't need to flip mm-hmm. But yeah From From the intro To the outro It's You could just throw this Joan on And If I was still smoking Back in the day This would be one of the Joes I smoked to And yeah. having joint over At the house And just Hey roll that thing up yeah. Vibe out sure. Cook
0: Yeah Indeed. Yeah. And cook. There you go. Vibe out, smoke, and cook. That is a good combination right there. And that's exactly what this sounds like I would do. If this is like a Sunday afternoon, if I was going to mm-hmm. sit there, smoke, you know, smoke a J, and then cook and enjoy my afternoon, this would be an album that I would do that to. You know what I mean? So to to your point, Jay, in that point, you know, bootcamp Click saying they was playing, listening to that joint, I'm pretty sure there was a few rolled up. While they were no, listening right. to that joint, you know what I mean, <laughs> no one boot camp click, you know what I mean, so, yeah. So, my highlights, obviously to me, it's the whole album. But I mean, to me, rimshot. For rimshot not to have been a uh, like a, a full length song, it really has carried on, and it's like people are loving like the, the rimshot intro and outro has carried on in a long, long way. Um, All the singles, I mean, on and on, like I said, is what brought everybody in because it was the song, but then it was also the visuals and, you know, the visual and the video really starting to keep you in. The song that I think really kind of roped everybody in and got us emotionally invested in the album, and y'all can agree with me or disagree with me, was Next Lifetime. I mean, I think when that single came out, and when everybody sort of heard that song and got involved in it was, a, was the first time. And that, that video itself was something else that took us on a journey as well, because she had the video where she started out prehistoric times that she was with Andre mm-hmm. and Pete was the guy who was sitting there wanting to be with her. Then they go to the 60s and she was with Pete in the next lifetime. And Matt was the guy that she wanted to be with and wanted to be with her. Then they go to the future and then Meth is the man that she's with. So. But the message of the song Next lifetime is a situation I think a lot of people have been in. You know what I mean? Especially <laughs> even from especially even from the intro. Like mm-hmm. my man basically put his feelings out there. She was yeah. just like, You know, I'm in a relationship, like, know you know. Situation. You know, I'm in a situation, you know this. <laughs> he was just like, Whatever I gotta do, I'ma do, you know? And <laughs> that that dilemma. That dilemma is something mm, 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 I would think that... Well, one, I think the reason why I think the song was so successful is because I think that's a situation a lot of women found themselves in. You know what I mean? And then, But then guys could relate to it too because mm-hmm. the guys are a certain, you know dealt with that to a certain extent as well. So it was a popular song because of the messaging and the, it really drove some sort of emotions with people. So that's really what moves us with music are emotions. But then getting into other songs, like the deep album cuts, even a, a album cut like Certainly. It, I mean, the like, mm-hmm. you know, the message is saying, you know, who told you to fall in love with me? Certainly not me. You know, it's, it's it sort of speaks to, mm-hmm. I want to say, it, at its base, speaks to like a savageness, you know? Almost mm-hmm. like, you know, who told you to do this or told you to do that? Not me. It certainly wasn't me. So. Again, another t- looking for
3: no love affair. Right,
0: exactly. <laughs> but then I, I yeah, but but then I also think you get into like, you know, songs like Four Leaf Clover, No Love, Drama and sometimes even certainly the flipped It version you sort of get that hip-hop element very heavily in those type of tracks. You hear the hip-hop influence and sort of like what would get hip-hop heads really getting into her if you were only in it for the hip-hop aspect of it. But to me, my favorite song on this album has to be Other Side of the Game. Um... Produced by the Roots. It's just <laughs> the video itself obviously took us on a journey, and that's what all of our videos do. I feel like they take us on a journey. But that that song and this message about being with somebody and them sort of being in uh, hustling, being involved in something that you know, but knowing that it's necessary in order for you all to be able to live. But mm-hmm. there are dangers that come along with being in the game and what those dangers can bring. So. Like, listening to that that song, even now to this day, I kind of just, you know, I'm amazed about the storytelling that she tells in that particular song. Other Side of the Game definitely is a dope, dope, dope track, man. But honestly, I don't think there's anything on here I would skip. Unlike, you know, the Certainly Flipped It, I, I liked it because, again, like you said, Jay, the, That Summer Madness by Cooler The Gang has been flipped and has been sampled by a lot of different people. And... Every time you get out there, sometimes you sound like, oh, that's cool in the Gang, Summer Madness. But I like the way that they did it here, the way that they sampled it. I love the way, like you said, she sort of made it her own. I actually think drama is actually one of the deepest songs on here. And the messaging in drama is really what caught up with me, man. So nothing I would skip here. I really think, though, when listening to this, the fact that you think that it's a longer album than it is, but you can get all this in in under an hour. You know, this whole album from trap one to trap 14 is under an hour and that's right at the sweet spot. I think before they started getting albums that were like an hour, hour and 20 minutes, almost an hour and a half. So it's like it's right at the sweet spot for me. That was another highlight as well. Just the right length of time. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah.
0: So, you know, we we were talking about this and we also said the influence that this album had on people. And, you know, she had, you know, it wasn't just the music with her, it was the artistry. It was You know, the head wraps and the dresses, it was, you know, the fact that she sort of carried herself in a way that, you know, and it wasn't just like she made it though she was perfect. I mean, she was very revealing in a lot of the things she talked about in her music and that we learned about her later on about the things that she went through. But, you know, after this. Start seeing a lot more head wraps, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> me, a lot me, more natural yeah, a lot more natural. I mean, people, women are having natural hair, but I really think we saw an uptick in that after Erica Badu came out. A lot more natural hair. Women either want to wear their hair out or wanting to have it in dreadlocks or twists. Me and Jay can talk, you know, when with the advent of her and when eventually Neil soul became a lot more popular as a subgenre. When we were in school, we saw women with head wraps. We saw natural hair you know, we saw essential, uh, yeah, more weed smoking. (laughs) We saw essential oils and butters and, you know, and all the unks and everything else that the imagery that Neil soul and that mainly what she bought individually as a person and what the genre bought overall to people. It really kind of sparked that. I don't know that sense of sort of like Afrocentrism, I guess you could say, because she was, you know, as, as, and the thing is, is that we notice about her now, as um, as uh, as hood as she could be, you know. what I'm saying, being from originally from Brooklyn and then being raised in Dallas, you know what I mean. But she really kind of gave us that sense of, you know, that black is beautiful sort of vibe, you know what I mean. And I don't know if y'all sort of had any feelings about, you know, that that uptick we saw after she came out, what we saw on the different changes of of fashion with women mostly, because. The R- that R and B genre of like the mid to late nineties, women sort of had R and B chicks had a certain look, and women sort of mirrored that look. But they started mm-hmm. to mirror her too.
3: Yeah, you definitely saw the change in the look of you know the women outside. You know what I'm saying? Like they yeah. s- cut the hair all the way off and wanted to start over. So now you catching them with the ball cut, not the Eve way, but just say they want. I'm going natural and I'm cutting all the like, oh, All right, you say big chop. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah,
0: the big chops, exactly. Yeah, it definitely was an era we started things to change. And by the time we got to college, Jay and I, we saw that change in a lot of women around then. And it was like it almost sort of like that neo soul thing. sort of took a whole subgenre onto itself because then it grew a life. The culture It became not just the music, it became a culture. So I think she was a big part of making not neo soul just a subgenre. She, it, it became a culture as well. So. All right, fellas. So you know what it is. It's time for the verdicts.
3: Final verdict.
0: So now we get to the final verdict, the test of time, to see what we think it is. Is it a certified classic, borderline classic, classic just in this time, or not a classic at all? So I'll go ahead and I'll start with you, Jay. What say you? And, of course, on a ranking of 7 to 10, what are
1: you giving? I'm giving a certified classic, 9 out of 10. Okay. Damo, what about you?
3: Certified classic, 10 for 10.
0: I'm going certified classic 10 for 10 as well. Another sweep across the board. Definitely. I think this is an album, one of the best albums of this year. I think when you talk about Neil soul as a subgenre, you can't not talk about this joint. It, it has to be included in the conversation. And I think that this album sort of served as a precursor to so many different other artists of that time, wanting to step up their creativity because of her. And I think personally for her, it helped to bring her on a journey to bring her to an album, which I even think is better than this joint, in my opinion, which is mama's gun. This sort of led on the path where she collaborated with the roots and eventually led her to the, what we now know as the soul Aquarian sessions, which was in the electric lady studio where mama's gun, D'Angelo's Voodoo, and comments like Water for Chocolate were all recorded in the same sessions in New York City at a certain point in time between 99 and 2000. So yeah, man, certified classic across the board. That's what the boys say. Jay, 9 out of 10. Me and Damo, 10 out of 10. But Baduism, 25 years old this week, y'all. Make sure you go check it out. Listen to it if you haven't listened to it before. Pull it up on streaming. And of course, go get that get on vinyl as well. Definitely will be a collector's item and something we will be cherishing for years to come. And that is going to wrap up yet another edition of The Vault. Please make sure you are checking us out on our host on Red Circle. You can also visit us on our website at vaultclassicpod.com That's vaultclassicpod.com There you can check out all of our episodes, rate and review those episodes, also leave us a voicemail and of course on those links you can visit the link for our Vault Podcast Record Club private group, the private Facebook community, answer a few questions after you click on the link in our directive there and you're in. And then of course also our Buy Me A Coffee, click that link on the coffee cup on the bottom left Hand corner of the screen at VaultClassicPod.com. You give a small donation to show us some support, so that we can continue to open the vault and give you the content that you know and need. As a reminder, you can also reach us on social media on at VaultClassicPod on Instagram, on at VaultClassic on Twitter, and on Facebook and YouTube. You can get to the YouTube channel, the Vault Classic Music Reviews podcast, and Facebook group by the same name. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Interact with us on social media. We do it here, all for you. We appreciate the support, and if you have a friend, tell a friend, and make sure that that friend tells a friend. Always remember to keep your headphones on and your music loud, but not too loud. And as we close, we'd like to remind everyone to dream big, because dreams are the basis for creation. Always create, motivate, and elevate, because you are never destined or created to stay stationary in this life. And on that note, we say peace. Thank you for
3: listening and coming into The Vault. Please subscribe and visit us at vaultclassicpod.com.